Although this next episode is not the first published guest episode of the Create Beautifully podcast, it is in fact the first recorded guest episode. And when you listen to this episode, you will realize why that is so extraordinarily special to me and why it was amazing to have my friend Jamie Troll as my very first recorded guest. So Jamie's money and business gardens are overflowing with beautiful blooms, but her emotional garden has been a little bit tossed in a corner with a tarp on top. So in this episode, we talk about friendship, having hard conversations in friendship, in order to deepen friendships, and also a spear in the face. I also wanted to say a really quick note, there is a piece of information about this episode at the end of the episode. So after you hear Jamie and I very, very awkwardly say goodbye to each other via microphones while face-to-face with each other, um, please listen to the end because there's a really cool piece about healing and tears, and it's great. Let's Check out this episode. Welcome to the Create Beautifully podcast, where the potential in me honors the potential in you. If you're wondering if you can really change and truly find and live your purpose, then I invite you to let me be your accountability partner and for you to be mine. And together, we can explore with curiosity and humor what it is to create beautifully in every area of our lives and to take action to make that happen. Hi, Jamie. Hi, Liza. (laughs) Welcome to the Create Beautifully podcast. I am stoked to be here. I love that, like, I think one of the things that's, like, slightly awkward is, like, we're, like, talking as friends, but also there's a microphone between us, and we, like, very much know that this is for, like, also an audience. Totally normal. This is how we have most of our conversations. We should just start this way. They should be recorded for yes. posterity, I feel like, in general. We, so should, a good yeah. idea. we should have just done it on Marco Polo since mm-hmm. we're constantly on Marco Polo. All the time. <laughs> I love, um, so you're my first guest. You're my first guest mm-hmm. on Create Beautifully, which, um, dear friends, audience, once we get into it, it's It's like totally magical that you're my first guest, especially considering what we're about to get into. (laughs) I think it's highly appropriate and probably like divine workings. It's not timing, like divine, like, I don't know, something. All the things. Divine all the things. (laughs) So, okay. So what I want to talk about first, because we're going to talk about, so we're really kind of going with like the garden metaphor here because it just works really, really well for all the Mm -hmm. different gardens and all the gardens, all the gardens and all the areas. So we're actually going to get into one of your like slightly ignored gardens. (laughs) One of your gardens you may want to like throw a tarp over. (laughs) No, no. As an Enneagram 3, I need to talk about all the things I'm amazing at first. We're going to do that first. And then we can talk about. (laughs) That's what I I was going to give you that first because like, because I know because part of Create Beautifully is like is like where are we where do we really have to focus like where mm-hmm. does it really take some effort but I don't want that to take away from all of your gardens that have just been like they're just they've just been like blossoming mm-hmm. forever and it's it, so uh, your money garden and your business garden yes are just like blooming beyond which is so funny because literally in the trailer of my episode I was like the things I'm working on are money and my business well we've always (laughs) talked about how opposite we are and I think our gardens are also very opposite yes yeah (laughs) if you put them together they look like one beautiful garden yeah yep exactly if you just ignore all the like dirty parts yeah (laughs) everything else yes so so I do want to give a little background for like 
all your beautiful gardens and what you do. So yeah. do you want to give a little like sure where your gardens are gorgeous? <laughs> okay, first I have to say this because I know we're going to talk about radical honesty and I got to talk about the gardens for a minute. Yes. Because I'm in. Because when I heard the first podcast episode, I was like, oh, I like this. But it also felt weirdly sexual to me. And I was like, why is this talk of gardens feeling sexual? This is a very and I different have, discussion. Well, I have these vague, vague recollections. Just because I kind of laugh every time you say gardens, I'm telling you why. But oh I have gosh. this vague recollection of like, it was either a video or like something, like some teacher during like sex ed. I have no idea what we're about to do, but I'm just <laughs> thanking God that this is already an explicit podcast. This is why I didn't tell you this ahead of time. I thought this would be perfect to explain on the podcast but literally this person in either this video or this teacher explained like a woman's anatomy and kept talking about oh. a woman's garden oh. and so, <laughs> now i just think it's about, forever ruined it's forever the, the idea of gardens forever for me is going to have an explicit meaning so i'm just gonna i'm sorry about that but i have to i feel like you. now for me and anyone that listens to this episode will be i thought i thought you were gonna do like a georgia o'keefe like flower <laughs> situation no. Like the stamen and the pistol, right? Like I thought, kind of thought we were going. I mean, there. it might have. It might have. That might have been the rest of it. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we're gonna try to. Uh, move but business away. and finance gardens. Business and finance. Not a woman's garden. Not different. Very yes. different. But a woman. Great as well. But if a woman's garden is ab- it's absolutely her own business. Yes. <laughs> Okay. Oh my true. God. We have things to get to. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah. so yes. So I am uh, a virtual CFO. I was a CPA in kind of an old life. I still am, but I don't necessarily practice as a CPA anymore. And my business is around educating businesses on finance. So I work with small businesses now. Um, I was doing kind of one-to-one service work. That's actually when we met, yes. <laughs> was doing that. Yes. And then now I really focus on programs and courses to help business owners, typically women business owners, but not exclusively, um, really understand their finances, really maximize their profit, really be able to get to the life that they want. So finances has always been, I'm very analytical by nature, yes. <laughs> which I'm sure we'll talk about. <laughs> and uh, finances, numbers, data has always been like my strong spot, right? So that's mm-hmm. the garden. I feel pretty good about that garden. Yes. <laughs> business and finances, got it, check the box. But apparently there's more than that. Yeah. Well, even just like even your course, you yeah. know, I mean, for any listener who knows Amy Porterfield, you're one mm-hmm. of her like star students because mm-hmm. your launch was just like, you know, like one of those launches that the rest of us are like, how did you do that? Why I can't I do steam. that? Like I'm just kind of a full steam ahead in anything that I do. So it's like, yes. okay, if I make the decision, it takes me a little while to make a decision that I'm going to yeah. do something. But if I make that decision, like come hell or high water, I'm going to do that thing. So that, it yes. was kind of like... I would write down in my journal, I'm going to be, you know, one of Amy's best students. And flash forward a year later, I got to come and, and you know, be in a special program for her best students. So. Yeah. yeah. No, that was that was cool. Yeah. And I was slightly jealous. <laughs> <laughs> but that was so cool. Even, like, when I describe you to other people, because, like, because I, I, there, I have a group of friends where I call you my money friend. Mm-hmm. I'm like, my money friend, Jamie. My money friend, Jamie. And they're like, we, we know her name by now. <laughs> But I, I'm always like, she started investing at 16. Like, that is, like, mm-hmm. part of my, like, mm-hmm. my Jamie spiel because I just find that so... Technically 17, but yes. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. So Money Gardens, Business Gardens yep. are fantastic. So don't, you can't giggle every time I say garden. <laughs> I'm going to do it. I'm sorry. Everyone else is, too. No. Um, okay, so, so we'll bring that in as we talk 
as we kind of talk about our personality types and yeah. as we get into Enneagram. By the time this airs, the Enneagram intro episode will be out. So yeah. hopefully people will know a little bit about that and we can talk about that. So so we'll get back into your strengths once we kind of get into the Enneagram discussion. Okay. So let's talk about the garden that you're like kind of pulling the tarp off of. There's probably a few, but I think the one we've talked about a lot is kind of that, the feelings garden, right? Like the, um, you know, resisting the urge to put away my feelings and focus on like analytics, data, hard facts, like getting things done, achieving goals, like that I understand the feelings piece. And it's not that I don't have them. I actually, I feel very deeply but I, I'm very good at compartmentalizing and I'm very good at not just compartmentalizing, but like kind of putting feelings on a shelf and like sometimes never actually going back to that shelf, right. <laughs> <laughs> which is not healthy. It turns out not yeah. the most healthy thing in the entire world and has led to probably a lot of the anxiety that I have and things that just kind of bottle up over time. Yeah. And so I've recognized a lot of, you know, my own behaviors that have created that, that I did because I thought that that was going to be the best way to handle it at the moment or the easiest way maybe to handle it, but it doesn't go away, right? You can't actually make those things go away. So I think part of this kind of development work that, you know, I've been doing on my own, but doing a lot processing with you, Liza, is (laughs) how do I stop like putting my feelings in a box and then putting that box under the bed and then forgetting that (laughs) exists until all of a sudden they- It turns into a monster. Yes, it is. (laughs) There is a legit monster, a feelings monster (laughs) under my bed. (laughs) And it will eat you alive. And it will eat me alive. Yeah. Mm -hmm. There have been like several things over the course of our friendship. And we met in what? Summer, like late summer 19? 2019. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yep. So there have been several things over the course of our friendship where you'll be like, so so-and-so sent me this email, or even someone that I don't know, and you'll be like, I'm just not going to answer. <laughs> and I'm like, like right now? Like, I'm going to think about it? You're like, no, I'm just, I'm just not even going to deal with it. Yep. And I'm like, how do you, like, don't you want to know what they want from you? Like, this sounds dramatic. It sounds like they might need something, and you're just like, no. I yeah. can't even do it. Maybe it'll go away <laughs> if I just ignore it long enough. I just and I do that with other pe- people's emotions. I'm like, maybe they'll change their mind, or maybe they'll yeah. just like, it, you know, it'll change if I just don't address it. Which yeah. also isn't super great when it comes to friendship, right? <laughs> right. Yeah. So so what? So obviously we're gonna get into um, and obviously because we haven't talked about it yet, but it is in the title of the podcast. So. Having having hard conversations in friendships mm-hmm. in order to create deeper friendships yep. and more trust in your friendship. Yep. You know, because you know when you when you're capable of having deep conversations with each other and hard conversations with each other, mm-hmm. then you don't have to have those with other people. Yep. And so you have more trust together because you're not worried like so and so's saying shit about me or or, you know, it doesn't feel as as surface yeah. anymore, you know? So um, so we had one of those conversations that we're going to share with you all. Yep. And um, we're bearing it all. And it was great because, like, I, I just remember you on it just being like, I really just wanted to ignore this and bring you some cookies <laughs> and have yeah. it go away. And then we're good. And that's honestly, like, when I look back at where that comes from even, like, that's how my family, my family doesn't address, like, we have, there might be a blow up over something or somebody gets their yeah. feelings hurt. There's never like an actual reconciliation. It just moves on to, okay, we're good now because we're family and we love each other and we're just going to like keep moving. But those things, like then you just end up having the same thing coming up over and over again. It never actually gets resolved. And then, you know, you still feel it today. So I think that that is a learned behavior for sure, which is like, it'll be fine. You know, I'm just going to ignore it. (laughs) 
Yeah. <laughs> and hopefully we'll just move on from it. Yeah. But now I think I'm I'm like, I need to, you know, I want I want more. It's yeah. not even just about like this is good for the other person. I'm realizing this is really good for me to yeah. actually address things. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Just for for clarity's sake, my family did the same thing. Oh, really? There was no let's talk about it. Yeah. Like whatever it was, like any type of blow up, just mm-hmm. the next morning was like, Hi, what do you want for breakfast? Oh yeah. my god, you're so great. You know, and it's just like okay, well, I guess just, we can just make it okay the next day. So I don't know where I got. (laughs) And I think that's like where you can, you can have the same, we've talked about this too, right? Like you can have the same exact experience with something, but take away completely different things. Yes. Right. And like how we end up reacting. And so I think that's definitely something I'm still reeling with now is that like, we didn't really, we didn't really say I'm sorry a whole heck of a lot. Part of it, the understood thing was like, well, of course it's understood. Yes. But I'm recognizing now, like, the power in the words, I'm sorry, and yeah. taking accountability and recognizing that you may have hurt somebody intentionally or unintentionally, yeah. right? Um, it makes, I mean, it makes a big difference, and it just makes a big difference to them, but also to you, yeah. you know? And yeah. the trust in that relationship. I'm sorry can be hard, especially oh. if you're like, I. and we talked a little bit about it can be how you... Um, it can be how you felt about what happened in your family. So mm-hmm. you might have felt like, yeah, this is acceptable. This is fine. And I might have felt like I need more from this. Mm-hmm. Like you were like, this is great. I can go on and everything's good. Mm-hmm. And then for me, it could have been like, I I would like to talk about this. Yep. Um, but the I'm sorry, like we didn't, we didn't say I'm sorry a lot. Or if it was I'm sorry, it was kind of like a... Sometimes it was just said like I'm sorry. Like oh, it had yeah. kind of like a <laughs> It was sorry like you a, felt that way. Or just like a, yeah, <laughs> it just had this kind of like a, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to, yeah. you know. And then um and then like my dad was just like he's um he's like he's the best. I love my dad and but he's like an always right kind of guy. And he's like charming and like He's got a lot of logic, so a lot of times you're like, I believe you, that you're right. So Are you also talking about my dad? Because I feel yeah. like you are. <laughs> so it, it's taken a lot for me to be able to say I'm sorry. And if my husband was mm-hmm. on this podcast, he would go off about the amount of times he's apologized versus the amount of times I've apologized. <laughs> They're wildly disproportionate. <laughs> well, but that can tell probably, you yeah. one of a couple of things, yeah. but I'm going to go with, because I'm your friend, the fact that he needed to apologize more than you. <laughs> That's also accurate <laughs> from my point of view. Um, okay, so let's get into what happened. So let's get into our story because, like, because I really want to encourage people to um, to have hard conversations mm-hmm. with their friends, you know, and to kind of create the space for hard conversations yeah. because um, I think it's really important. And we're always just told, like, have a tribe, have friends, have this. But what if you're, like – what if you're not good at making friends or what if you're not good at having a hard conversation? I mean, you and I both have bullying backgrounds, Mm -hmm. you know, so that, that, not that we were the bullies. No, we, no, correct. (laughs) We were both bullied. Thank you for that clarification. (laughs) We're both bullied and that can lead to like friend trauma, Mm -hmm. you know, like who do you trust? Yeah. Um, so there's a lot, it's not just as simple as like get some girlfriends Mm -hmm. and that's a great, you know, and you're done. Yeah. Um, Friendships okay. are hard. Friendships are just hard. Can we just acknowledge that friendships are freaking hard? Yeah, especially as like a, an adult. An adult. Mm-hmm. Yes, adult friendships, especially, yep. yes. Yep. 
I was going to say especially women, but I feel like especially yeah, male probably adult men. friendships <laughs> are also retarded. Yeah. Okay, so 15 minutes in, uh, and we're just getting to it. But, um, okay, so so this was this particular thing. So I had been talking about this podcast. I was excited about this podcast. I'd been talking about the concept of Create Beautifully for a couple years. Mm-hmm. And like, what do I want to do with it? What is it? Is it a lifestyle thing? Do I just want to like sell hats and say create beautifully? Like, what is it? And then it was like, I think it could be a podcast. Like, it was definitely like I'd like it to be the umbrella of my business. And I think everyone could fit, everything could fit under that. And I was sharing that with you like along the way. Yep. Um, And then last year it was like, I think it's going to be a podcast and it's going to document me bringing this passion project to life. Mm -hmm. And then... And then 2022 had different plans for me, like it had for a lot of people. Yeah. And so everything like came to a halt and that none of that happened. So I didn't really start to like dream about it again till the end of last year. And it started to kind of form. And I was like, oh, I think, like, I think I know what I want to do with it. Like, I think, um, I think I'd like to do this. And I don't necessarily want it to be like documenting a project because that's too many projects at one time. Um, but I'd like it to do this. And I started to talk to you about it. And mm-hmm. I would leave you Marco Polo's because mm-hmm. that's how Jamie and I mainly communicate, we, yep. even though we live within walking distance of each other. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it would take me like seven minutes to walk to your mm-hmm. house. We're just a couple streets over. Um, but we're on Marco Polo all the time. So I was saying things like, oh, we're planning for the new year and I'm getting excited about my podcast. And I'm going to do the podcast. And it's not out of the realm of things for you to just not respond to stuff. I think especially things, anything that has to do with your emotions, usually you don't respond to. (laughs) Um, But also sometimes on Marco Polo, you know, if you leave a long one, Mm -hmm. you skip stuff. And so, so you didn't respond to create beautifully. Yeah. Like, and then it got a little further and you didn't respond to it. And you and I initially kind of bonded over business. Yeah. That was like our initial thing. Um, and and then it got to the point where I was like, well, now I'm mad. Like, now it's been like a month and a half or so, and I've randomly mentioned it, and Jamie has not said like, oh my gosh, you're doing this podcast. Are you excited about it? What's it about? Like, mm-hmm. you know, is it different from what you were talking about before? Or, you know, there was no, there wasn't like any feedback on it. Mm-hmm. And I'd talked to... Uh, I talked to Tom, my husband, and I was like, Jamie's not saying anything. And he was like, he was like, oh, don't say anything. Because he's, he's also like, just don't, like, don't say anything. And I was like, I don't know. And then I wasn't going to say anything for a while. And then um, I had two friends who, like, shared, who shared in this little, like, friend group I'm in about how they were having issues and how they, like, really talked through it. And I was like, Oh, I need to do this because I was realizing that I was I was starting to have like resentment mm-hmm. and I would literally just listen to the polos to be like, are you going to say something? Or I would like drop shit to be, and it wasn't a lo- like a long time. It was really probably only like a week, a week and a half where I was really just kind of like, why haven't you said anything? Testing it out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just doing that like, okay, here it is. Okay. Why don't you say anything? And it's like, well, that doesn't, that does not work really well in a friendship a marriage like any type of relationship you know where you're just like building resentment so I was like all right I'm gonna say something <laughs> I literally like pulled up in the garage and turned on Marco Polo and you showed up like it shows when you're there it like drops down so it like drops down your little photo and it's like Jamie is here and I was like 
And you stayed for the whole thing. And I was like, oh, I just And then there's no deletion. Like you can't go back when you know they're there. You're like, nope, this is this is out there. This has now been said. And I can't, like, if I muck up how I say it and I want to try again, like, nope, can't do it. Yes. You like watch the whole thing live. And I was just like, yeah. And I was just like, you know, it's kind of hurt my feelings. And, you know, I was just Mm -hmm. honest and and try not to be like, um, Try not to be like shamey about it. Like, yeah. I don't feel like I was no shamey about no, it. No, not at all. Um, and then, and then like we stopped. And then I know you watched it. So then I'm just sitting there like, like what's gonna happen now? And you texted and you were like, watched your polo. Gonna think a bit or something like that. <laughs> yeah. Like processing. And I was like, I figured this could be like a day or two. It was like 10 minutes later. It was like, Jamie is here. <laughs> well, the, I'll tell you my side of the story, okay. which is I watched it. And like everything in me, when I started to see where it was going, I was like, I want to jump off of this. I want to <laughs> run away. It's the beginning of the day. Like I got my coffee that's waiting for me. I got emails to check. Like everything in me was like, I don't know if I could deal with this right now. But I stayed and I listened. And I was and I had a lot of like when you when you were – when you're confronted with something, and not like yeah. not that it was confrontational at all, yeah. but when you're when something comes to you, there are so many different feelings you go oh, through immediately. Sure. And so that immediate feeling was like, it. Pro- I, I think it started originally with like I felt I probably got defensive first, totally right. I probably started because I think that's yeah. just like the default is like yeah. defensiveness. But I've gotten really good at recognizing that defensiveness yeah. is just me not wanting to recognize something in myself. Oh yeah, I'm always like, defensive at first. I, I'm, I'm like, always like, you. and I'm. It used to be like I could be defensive for hours, and now it's like it's like a two minute process of yeah. like, okay, all right, put it away. Like yeah. you don't need to fight with your friend about this, you know, <laughs> or yourself in, in that yeah. instance. And then it went to, and, and I think the defensiveness is what protects us from the shame, right? So like the mm. guilt and the like, oh my gosh, I hurt somebody. Yeah. And I hate that I hurt somebody that like is really important to me. And that really sucks. And like, then it goes into the spiral of like, I always do this. Why can I, why am I so like bad at reading oh. this? Why am I like, you just, I just went into that. And so I wanted to know, and normally again, I would probably like run away, but I was like, I want, so you I know. felt like it was a pattern. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, I felt it. I knew what I was doing. And I think that's some of the work and some we've had, we had just had conversations around my like putting emotions into a box and putting them away. And that was like the pull. And I, but I wanted to tell you like, Hey, I am, I saw it because I knew you knew I saw it (laughs) and I knew you'd be sitting there like waiting for something. And I wanted to be like, it, you know, I wanted to just have something to you that Uh like, look, I'm not ignoring you. Like, you know, this is, and I sat down at my desk, I got my coffee, right? I'm, I open my email and it's just going in my head. Like I can't, like the, I couldn't put it in the box. Mm. And I think it's because of the work that like I've been doing and like the conversations we've been having. I'm like, I know what I'm doing. This is, I'm like, I'll deal with this later box that's going to mm. sit there and it's going to grow and it's still going to be affecting me without me realizing it. Yeah. Like it's still like going to be in the back of my head. I'm going to be in like a crappy mood probably. I'm going to like not be very effective in anything that I'm actually trying to get done because yeah. it's going to resonate and I know that I have to deal with it and I feel bad. I feel all those emotions. So I just was like, okay, all right, let's just, let's have this conversation over Marco Polo, which is hilarious. Which but we went back and forth for like an hour and a half. Yeah. It was like a long time. I actually thought it was really helpful to do it that way too because yeah. it allowed me to like get a thought out and then you could respond and get your thoughts out you know mm-hmm. so it didn't it was like 
we could listen. It like it forces you to listen. Yes. Right? Like it forces you to be like, okay, I'm here. I can't interrupt. I can't yes. I can't try to refute something in real time. But it, it helped. And so yeah, for me, it was just like I I need to like first and foremost, I wanted to lead with like I'm sorry because, and I, I think I did. Hopefully, I did. I don't go back and look at it. You did <laughs> because I, I have felt it bad. right here live, right? Just like, kidding. and I didn't want to be like defensive, and I, and I was like, okay, and I because I kind of sat with it. And I'm like, well, why did I? Why was that the case? Like, because I didn't. It wasn't a conscious like I'm not going to ask Liza about this thing. Of course right. not. Right? right. I care about you. I care about the things that you do. I'm interested in all of it. We talk about all the things. Um, so I would, you know, sometimes there's probably a little bit of it that's like a self-absorbed, like I'm in my own reality and not necessarily like being very aware. But then, you know, what I loved and when we talk about these hard conversations, one thing that is so different with our relationship that I haven't really had like in many friendships before, maybe any, is just this ability to be truthful and to know like, I don't need, if I have a thought or if I have something that I want to say, I don't have to hold that back for that person's feelings because that person would rather know and process it and be aware of it and have those conversations than for me to like hold on to anything. And that's not normally how I feel in friendships. Like in friendships, I'm typically like, we don't need we don't need to be honest about all the things, you know. And there probably are places where right, where (laughs) just like just keep it to yourself. Yeah, yeah, where you're just being a jerk. Right. But when it's something around like where it you know is productive to have that conversation and to do that and when the person on the other side is going to be receptive to hearing it and so I felt good that you did come to me and and say something because that also showed even in my defensiveness I was like it says a lot that you would tell me that yeah because if you didn't think I could handle it you wouldn't tell me correct yeah (laughs) right yeah and then I was like okay well if she trusted me with that piece of her and I'm getting teary-eyed because I do this, but um, if she trusted me with that piece of her, then I can trust her with like some thoughts that I have. And not in like a mean, like, well, you know, let me tell you what I think about you kind of way, but in like a, I sat down and I processed, I'm like, why didn't I ask Liza? I don't know. And what you came up with was, I mean, you did apologize. And then the thing, like, yeah, I mean, you were like, here's, here's what I'm going to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Let's get honest. And and it was... (laughs) around I think like it was completely subconscious again it wasn't like a oh here goes Liza again thing but it's just because you are such an idea person you are a person that has fantastic creative amazing yeah. ideas all the time so let's specifically say kind of what you said yeah I don't remember what you you'll have to tell it what did I say I well I think it was I mean I don't remember like word for yeah. word but um a I appreciate you saying like thank you you know, thank you for saying we said about me and our friendship. Yeah. I feel like, I feel like over time in my life, I've been able to hold space for that, mm-hmm. for people to be able to say things and to like take it in and hear it, you know, in a constructive way. And I think what I knew, the funny thing is like, I knew what you were going to say because I knew it, I know it about me in general. Mm-hmm. And so when you were like hemming and hawing, I was literally out loud saying it to the Marco Polo. <laughs> Because what you basically said is like, well, you, you, like you, you said you were sorry and that you didn't do it on purpose, obviously. And, you know, you had a great lead in (laughs) and, um, and then it was like, you know, you did say like, I feel like you've been talking about this for a while. So like, hadn't we been talking about it? Like kind of like that. And then, 
you know, uh, I've talked some on the podcast before and we'll get into so much of it later. Just like I am a true Enneagram seven mm-hmm. and, you know, probably have ADHD. And like, I just, I have a graveyard of unfinished mm-hmm. stuff, unfinished ideas. Um, I am more aware of it than anybody else. <laughs> and so, so you came back and you were like, ah, so part of it is like, I, it's really hard for me to say this, but like, I want to say it to you, but like, I feel like probably what I was thinking the whole time. And I was like, I don't finish things. Like I was literally just like, I don't finish things. I start a lot and I don't finish things. I said it so many times and you were still just like, um, I think what I'm going to say. And you were like, it just kind of felt like, okay, like here's Liza. And I think there was, I was going to be on your training too earlier that week. Oh yeah. Yes. And I, and I got my hair done, (laughs) which I know I was like, this looks awful. Like I, but I was going out of town to see friends and I've had to cover my grays. (laughs) And it was the only time I could get. And so you were like, so you were kind of like, well, I kind of was, I kind of, you know, when you were talking about it, I was like, all right, well, that's Liza. Like, here's Liza. Like, not, you know, not following through. And like, is this going to be another idea that like doesn't go anywhere? Right? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think I have probably the like, we'll see if there's something more that like is, she's more passionate about or she's more led to like next week. Right? Like it's. Right. (laughs) But you brought up such an important thing in that conversation, which was like the thought, and I hadn't thought about it in this way. And again, this wasn't anything that was conscious. I wasn't like purposefully doing this. It was probably just like in the back of my mind. And you brought up the fact that like that means that for me to like listen and for you to be able to be excited about something and share something you're excited about with me. That it has to be like far enough along in the process and be like fully planned out and like executed before you can even talk to me as a friend. And I just, I heard that and I said, that's the most ridiculous thing ever because I want to be there. I want to cheer you on. I want to be excited for you. Like it almost makes it seem like my time is not worth listening to you unless it's going to come to fruition. Yeah, and that's I think that like, was the piece that I yeah, said. Yeah, like it's very not, that 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 to me hit me hard to where I was like, that's completely unfair, you know? And it probably is similar to how I even run my own life, mm. right? I even run my own life in that way where it's like, what, what do I put time towards? And I'm very like productivity, efficiency, but you take that, that's fine for like the work world. You take yeah. that into friendships and that is like recipe for disaster. <laughs> <laughs> This friendship must be more productive. Right? Like, we need to, let's, let's be efficient here. If it gets far enough along, we'll have a conversation about it. But that's completely unfair, right? It's completely yeah. unfair. Yeah. Yeah. It was, yeah. But it was, I really appreciated you saying it. Yeah. Right? Because I knew it was in there. Like, I knew it was in there. I mean, just the way you operate, the way I operate, you know, we'll get into the Enneagram in a minute, but you being an Enneagram 3, me being a 7, yeah. it's just like that, like, that was like the main like clash, right? Um, So when you were like, actually, I just figured like, oh, that's just Liza. I was like, like, just thank you for naming it because I knew it was in there and like, just, just say it out loud. And so, I mean, part of my response was like, you know, for any, for any of my fellow like idea folks, um, part of my response was like, Believe me, any thoughts you have about, oh, yeah, um, who knows if Liza's going to finish that, they're 
amplified mm-hmm. like thousandfold in my head mm-hmm. of like, will I do this or will I just be like another failure? Will this just be something else that I talk about that I slowly stop talking about and mm-hmm. hope nobody notices? Like it just, I mean, just talk about like shame. Yeah. Like it is just, especially, you know, when you've just done it for so long, like there, like there are things that I've finished, mm-hmm. but I just have so many ideas <laughs> all the time that it's just like, there's just plenty of stuff that's just, you know, and then you start to, cycle back to, you know, you see people that you'd maybe talk to an idea about and you haven't seen them in a while. And it's like, oh, I haven't done that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I haven't done that. And it just gets like, oh, wow, do I just look like a loser, you know, to everybody else? And I think that part of the difficulty, too, when I think about like having con- like difficult conversations with friends is that sometimes I don't want to because I know – I know it's hard to hear something that I, because usually like if you're going to tell me something, I know it's true, right? I know that I can be a little bit emotionally like unaware, a little bit like (laughs) maybe a little bit self-absorbed at times or just kind of in my own world and don't pick up on those cues. And it's hard, it is hard to hear that because it does tap into like some of those insecurities. And so I think sometimes, and not even insecurities, but just things, you know, like just feelings about those things that you already have. And it's just like, oh, see, like, see, this is, here we go again. Yeah. And so I think that part of also what I've been like trained about like conversations is I don't, I don't want to bring that up in you. I don't want you to feel that way. Right. Like I don't want to make you feel insecure or feel shame about anything. And so that leads to like, okay, well then we don't have those honest conversations at all. Right. right? And then it's all just like simmering underneath the surface all the time. Right. And so I think again, like being friends with a person and that this has been the difference is being friends with a person that you know can hear it like there have been friends i'm sure people yeah. have friends on here like i would not probably have this level of, of like radical honesty with right. a lot of people that i'm friends with only because the door has to be open for that mm-hmm. you know what i mean the door and no, liza you opened the door to this like our almost like our first conversation <laughs> So I know how much you care about growth and being the best version of you. You know that that's something that I'm committed to, too. We are both flawed individuals. We are also both just people who, you know, are getting through life the best way we can. But when you know that about somebody, it just makes it so that so much easier, I think, to like create that kind of a relationship where there's that level of depth where you can hurt some, you can hear something that might feel hurtful. Right. But it at the other side of that, on the other end of that, is so much beauty, right? It's this beautiful growing garden. Right. Look at that. We're creating beautifully. <laughs> we are. <laughs> We're creating beautifully. Mm-hmm. And two, like, oh, I had a thought and I forgot it. Uh, welcome to ADHD. Um, <laughs> if I remember it, I'll go back to it. But I did want to go into, because I think then we, then we went into the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. And I just, I mean, you know, I think the Enneagram is just a really cool tool not only to understand yourselves, but to really navigate relationships mm-hmm. yep. and and to use to create beautifully. Like, it's a wonderful tool. And when we started to get into it and you started to explain, like, here's how I approach this as a three. Mm-hmm. And I was like, here's how I approach this as a seven. And then here's how we could, like, support in that. Because if you're not aware of it, it's just that's just going to keep happening. You're just going to keep being like, why aren't you getting it done? Where is your task list? Why don't you have a plan for this? I don't (laughs) want to fucking hear about it. And I'm going to be like, but listen to all my ideas. She won't listen to anything. Fuck her. Right. And Mm -hmm. like, that's just, that's it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) 
So let's get into like, let's get into a little bit of the Enneagram three and seven. So real quick, um, I just want to do like a little sum up because I know not everyone that's listening is going to be totally familiar. So the Enneagram three is in the heart center, but it's funny because it's actually the one number in the heart center that kind of ignores the heart center. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's in the middle of the heart center. So it kind of is like no heart. No thanks. Yes. Um, And the threes focus is on tasks, doing tasks, achievement. Um, I would say three and eight are probably the two numbers, either whether that's your native number or you have a strong connection to those numbers. They're the two numbers that um, they have the most, they have the most energy to get things done without, without outside force. Mm -hmm. Like they just have kind of their own inner go getter about them. Um, and threes also find, uh, they tend to find emotions just get in the way of getting things done. Yeah, that's that's probably true (laughs) and sounds terrible, but it's probably true to where, um, if I couldn't, like, if I could be like, at least during work hours, we, we both watch severance. I'm like, if you can sever during work hours, my emotions completely from me, that would be amazing. Like I'll take them back at the end of the day, but I don't want them during work because they get in the way of getting things done. And I think that, you know, you go into like the why behind it. And there's so much with Enneagram threes around us really feeling like we get our worth through our work. Right. Um, which then propels us. So yes, yes, I am internally propelled, but it's not necessarily from a healthy place. (laughs) Right. Well, yeah. I mean, yes. The Enneagram numbers are, are just these like personality constructs right. that we're trying to kind of break down a little bit. So when I described the three, it wasn't necessarily like, here's Jamie and all her bullshit. Yeah. It was like, <laughs> this is the three in general. Yes. <laughs> but yes, worth from work is huge. Mm-hmm. And then the seven, um, the seven is all about pleasurable options and freedom. Mm-hmm. Um, and sevens can experience that in different ways. Some some are just traveling and always trying new restaurants and, and like that. And a lot of my seven comes out in, um, in ideas. Mm-hmm. So lots of options, lots of ideas, even if they don't go anywhere. Like it's just, it's, it's all fantastic. And the funny thing about the seven is actually sevens, which is, I don't know. I don't know if you really know this, but do you, the things that seven try to avoid is pain. Mm. Um, yeah. Is, well, my husband. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure he's a seven. <laughs> but it's funny because I have all these conversations. Yeah. And I do so much work. Yeah. But I think I've realized I do it to move through it to get to where I can keep enjoying my pleasurable options and my freedom. Interesting. <laughs> Interesting. So I'm like, let's just knock this shit out. Yeah. So that we can be like, what? options, pleasure, mm-hmm. freedom, right? Well, and what's funny, I don't know if you found this. I when we when I started looking at the Enneagram too, I realized that a lot of my friendships are with sevens. And I found Dude. that really interesting that yeah. I surround myself with sevens, and I think it's because like I'm actually a pretty fun person. <laughs> but it takes like maybe somebody who's a little bit more free-spirited than I am to allow that to happen. You know what I mean? And so I love being around sevens. It's super fun being around sevens. I probably have some inner judgment towards sevens at times, just like you probably (laughs) do about me, right? But I think, I I just think they're just super fun. Again, I think I'm pretty sure my husband's a seven. He tells me he doesn't know what he is and he doesn't want to know. And he, he doesn't want to be put in a box, which I feel like is a very seven thing to say. It's a seven, it's a seven and a four (laughs) thing to say. Yeah. Yeah. But he's not a four. Yeah. No. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's, uh, so similarly, so my husband's an eight, which like Mm -hmm. I said, three and eights are those kind of like get it done, organized. Here's my goal. I'm going to achieve it. People. So my husband's an eight. My mom is either a three or an eight, 
Hmm. She like um, tests high in both of those. And then my um, my high school best friend, like my oldest best friend, is a nine, but she's got an intense yeah. eight wing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then um, I have another really good friend who's a three. Yeah. So it's I feel like too we tend to att- we tend to attract like. You know, you could say people that kind of call out our weaknesses a little bit, mm-hmm. but I think really it's all for our soul's growth. Mm-hmm. Like, I think our soul is like, um, hi, yeah. we're going to need you to be friends with this person because you need to grow in this area a little bit. So like, let's just put you two together. There's just this attraction there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yes. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'm always like, oh, like you and Tom, I'm always like, how do you guys get so much shit done? <laughs> <laughs> I want to get all that shit done too. And then I'm like, do you guys want to talk to me about how we're going to take over the world tomorrow? Like, <laughs> We probably get all that shit done because we're not <laughs> talking over about the world, those things. Over the world. <laughs> yeah. We're just doing those it's things. It's totally yeah. true. Yes. So, okay. So let's get into our conversation that we were having and how yeah. we pulled in, how we were approaching it from like the three and the seven. Yeah. Yeah. Because I think it's so good. Yeah. I mean, I, again, I think it like comes back to this this desire to like put these feelings in a box. And I think there's so much to self-awareness around the Enneagram too. Like I used to use it as a little bit of like a, oh, that's just my three, like almost as an excuse. And then I would do the same thing for, I'm like, oh, that's just Liza's seven coming out, you know? And I think that when I turned it a little bit and I was like, oh no, these are things that like, it allows me to be aware of when I run into these things and to then be able to make changes right and to then be able to recognize them like that's the biggest thing is just recognition and it's not like oh well I guess that's just the way I am it's like no I can I can be a healthy version of this right like I can process through emotions in real time oh my goodness (laughs) like (laughs) what a revelation that is like I don't have to put it on the shelf in fact it's way better if I don't put it on the shelf and while I still may have those inclinations right like we still our first inclination may be whatever feels most natural to us Mm -hmm. when we have the awareness around it then we can change what that response ends up being right so we can respond differently which is what i'm really working on to say i don't have to respond the way i initially feel right you know and i think that that came out a lot in the conversation that we had around all of this and like worked through so much of it by recognizing like okay this is why i'm feeling this way. It's probably why I did this, but also, <laughs> right. you know, let's make steps towards like repair, Yeah, you know? I also like to, just how you explained like, so, so there's like two sides, right? So you yeah. kind of explained like, here's the, here was my auto response mm-hmm. and here's what I can learn from it and how I can grow from it. Yeah. And I also appreciated the con- conversation we had where you were like, here's here's my lens as a three mm-hmm. like yeah. here's kind of here's what i look for yeah. when someone tells me an idea mm-hmm. right so yep. do you want to share that do you want to share because i liked i'm that. trying to remember what it oh, was okay, okay so so i'll start <laughs> yeah tell me i'll start about you and then you can pick up mm-hmm. so you so we were really going back and forth like Okay, so at, at, from the lens of the three and from the lens of a seven, like how, like what was up with this clash, right? Yeah. And so you were kind of like, as a three, when someone tells me an idea or when I come up with an idea, I'm like, what's the plan? Mm-hmm. Yep. How do we get it done? Like, where are the action steps? Where's the whole thing around it? And she, and then you were kind of saying like, and if I don't hear it, I'm either going to ask about it or I'm going to be like, well, this. Yeah. We're obviously not doing anything with this because there's not a plan of action. Mm-hmm. Like, so yep. it's not even, 
you know, there's not even like a point to it. Yep. Right. Mm -hmm. And so I just appreciate just kind of like the, just that lens, you Mm -hmm. know, because not everyone is going to, is going to come at it from that way. Mm -hmm. But threes, totally. We're very practical. It's kind of like, you know, when you come, because I find this too in situations where I should lead with like support. A lot of people have this with their spouses, right? Where it's like, okay, you know, is this something you want me to fix or is this something you want to me to just listen? And right. I all my default is never the listen. Right. And it needs to be. And that's been like something else that's come up in in our friendship even before, where yes. like I have missed the emotional side of things and gone straight to the like analytical, here's how to like fix this or here's what I think about this. And you're like, I just kind of need you to be like, that really sucks. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And I I'm like, oh. You to be on my side about oh, this. Oh, I'm even like, well, I'm it definitely wrong. sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but also, like, so I I miss that step oftentimes, I feel yeah. like, you know? And so I think that that's something I've become a lot more aware of yes. <laughs> through this. Yeah. 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 And th- yes. Yeah. I remember that. And because I was like complaining about something and it was kind of one of those things where it was like, I'm probably, I'm probably like triggered in some way that is not totally based in reality. Mm-hmm. And I really just want you to be like, yeah, I could totally see how that would piss you off. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be mad, you know? Like just to let me just be like, oh, oh pissed off about this. And yeah. then just be like, Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't do that well. And, and that's like been a default for me in a lot of situations in my yeah. life, you know, but yeah. that is, it is, but it's not even that I don't pick up on the emotional and feel it. I just always am like, okay, if I have a problem, then I do like, usually if I'm right. coming to you, sometimes I just want to complain, but oftentimes, right. or just, you know, shoot the shit or whatever. But a lot of times I do want like, okay, what do I do in this scenario? Right. right. <laughs> but I think that's the clarity, right? To be able to ask, ask the question of like, if you're not sure <laughs> what someone needs, yeah. first, I think getting to know someone, you kind of can read those a little bit better than I do sometimes. But I think if you don't know, there's always the question of like, do you want, like, do you want a listener, a supporter? Right. A fixer? Like, what are, what are we looking for in the conversation? Because... I want to be all of those things, right. right? Like, I can be all of those things, even if I default to the fixer. <laughs> right. Well, even, like, I mean, even, you know, even awareness on my side of being, like, hi. Yeah. I just want you to, like, get all pouty and, like, you know, grab some metaphorical ice cream with me yes. and, like, complain about this for a minute, you yep. know? Because I remember you kind of being, like, well, if I'm looking from her point of view, but I've lo- <laughs> and I was, like, I don't want you to look from her point of view. <laughs> I don't want her point of view. <laughs> so that's where, like, that radical truth-telling, right? Like, there is a step before that, though, yes. that is taking care of someone from an emotional standpoint, yes. right? Like, that exists as well to where it's not, like, it's not that I'm not going to lie, right. but it's around, like, <laughs> okay, you know, do is, is this situation right here in this moment calling for me to tell you all the things that I think about this thing? <laughs> yeah. Wait, pause. Yes. I feel like that was really interesting what you just said. You were like, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Right? So, so somewhere in there, does it feel like if you don't give the other side or if you don't start like breaking it down, mm. that there's like, now I'm not telling the truth? Maybe. Maybe yeah. so. I think that that I think that's actually really fair because like and when I hear a situation, I do I I will form thoughts and sometimes like if I don't if I if I like 
sanitize those thoughts right. and go just to like supporting, even right. though I'm like, but like also telling, you could have yeah. done this a little differently. Like telling someone their dress is pretty when it's yeah. not, or like that it doesn't, that you're like, it looks great on you, when really you're like, no, that hugs you all wrong. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now those instances, yes, I see. Like sometimes we have to right. Just <laughs> then I just wouldn't say anything, right? Right. I'm just boiling it down. Where yes. it almost feels like you're like, it looks great on you. Like mm-hmm. yeah. yes, yeah, exactly. But but actually distilling that out and being mm-hmm. like, I'm not doing the it looks great on you. I'm doing this like care first. That's actually a really good point because I think sometimes the avoidance aspect, like it, when I don't respond. Like, and it continues to be brought up that I'm like, okay, well then now I'm going to like tell my thoughts. <laughs> you asked for it. <laughs> <laughs> Which I'm like, oh no, what you were asking for was support. Like I yes. I can give that. I can give that and not have to like, but also, or maybe in at least right. a separate conversation. Right. Right. <laughs> but also. Right. Or like, a, how do you want to feel in your dress? Yes. Do you feel like that in your yeah. dress? <laughs> yeah. I feel like you could look way hotter because you're super hot. So Mm -hmm. let's try a new dress. (laughs) Precisely. Precisely. Yeah. Okay. I found, yes. I was like, ooh, let's pull that out. Yeah. So, yes. So that piece of like, what what do you need from me? And like I said, like, I I think too, you know, because I don't don't want it. I don't want the episode to be like all of Jamie's problems. (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to call it that. All of Jamie's Jamie's problems. problems. I think that would sell. It's a series. Maybe Nickelodeon or Netflix will pick it up. (laughs) Pick it up. Um, because like, you know, I, I think too, like, I think especially, I think in a lot of my relationships, I would like, and I feel like women, I don't know, is this me just not wanting to take it on or am I just, I don't know. But I feel like women too, like we kind of look for people to like have the answer for us instead of asking for it. And I feel like a lot of that comes from like romantic comedies Mm -hmm. do you know what I mean where it's just like oh he just showed up at my door with flowers and then like in relationships we're like weren't you fucking showing up at my door with flowers after a fight oh yes (laughs) all the boyfriends like uh because you were mad at me and I didn't want to go near you and you're like but you're supposed to show up and apologize and kiss me in the rain right Mm -hmm. and so there's these unset expectations yeah and I was I was definitely exceptional at that in my 20s yeah um absolutely in relationship with like you know boyfriends and then for sure in some friendships and so you know so there's probably a piece of me that was that's like like okay I've given you three tries and you haven't done it instead of just like hi let me put my let me create my uh said expectations for this instead and then like there well, can be a little more harmony around it. And that was one of the things that we talked about. Because I'm like, just, like, you don't have to wait for me to ask. You know what I mean? And, yeah. I, and yes, I need to pick up on those cues. But also, like, I am your friend. And I want to hear about anything that's exciting yeah. to you. And, like, I, just tell me. You know? Right. Like, don't plant like right. don't plant the things. Like, just <laughs> come out and be like, hey, I want to tell you this podcast. Like, you want to yes. come over for some wine? Or I'm, I'm like, cool, let's do that. Like, I want to hear yes. about it. Because I don't always pick it up in my head, yes. you know? Like, the way. And so... What's interesting is you talk about expectations because I think that was something I brought up in this specific conversation. Yeah. Because that's another thing that came up with me is like almost the initial response is like, this is why I don't in, I don't have like friendships. This like, is, yeah. Like I was this like, was I. my favorite response Oh, yes. Of yours. I was like, I don't like, and I am, Liza knows, like, I hate accountability. Don't come at me. I'll get it. You know, like I can handle it. I hate expectations. You were like, when I don't like expectations. I, I told don't. this to Tom, and Tom was like, 
they're just strangers. Then everyone's just a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Then you don't even have friendships. Which is why I'm kind of a hermit. <laughs> and, like, I can count the number of, like, good friends I have on one hand. Right. Because I don't love, like, expectations. Because I don't like I, – I hate disappointing people. I'm sure everybody's that way. But, like, again, I think that feelings thing, my knee-jerk reaction is, like, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to deal with how this makes me feel. I'm going to run away and right. not. And you have always been the person that, like – you you're I say I say this but I'm like you don't let me run away and that's like not in a not in a creepy way most of the time that's good sometimes but, I think you're like stop talking occasionally <laughs> occasionally but most of the time I'm appreciative for it because you haven't let me just like disappear into the abyss you know yes. what I mean like you yes. will still show that you support that you're there for me you know and it means a lot because I think you. we also assume as people, like, okay, if I'm difficult, if I'm not meeting somebody's expectations, they're not – it's almost like – it's almost – and we're having therapy right now, but I'm just coming to this. It's almost yeah. preemptive. It's almost like I'm going to leave this before I – you know, before oh. you have the opportunity to leave this Absolutely. relationship, right? Like, I am going to peace out on this. It's going to be my decision versus, like, me disappointing you to the point where you don't want to be friends with me anymore, right? right? And so I think – that comes out a lot in the, the whole expectations thing because I'm like, I just don't, I don't want to have them. I don't want to deal with them. I don't want to, but it, really what it is is I don't want to deal with the the feelings that come up when I don't meet people's expectations of me. Right. You know? Yeah. Um, and that's a really hard, like that's a hard one for me to grapple with. And there's probably some Enneagram 3 in there where I yeah. like, I put such insanely high expectations on myself at all times. Mm. And the thought of disappointing someone else is like, it's a that's that is a huge failure that's mm. like goes into the whole worth conversation of like yeah you know all all the deep things come up in those instances so i think that it all kind of plays into that same thing around expectations yeah yeah that's so interesting well the yeah i mean the three is in the heart center mm-hmm. and and the three numbers in the heart center are all about um connection with others yeah. and kind of the, like reactions from others yeah so Mm-hmm. That makes a lot of sense. Because yeah. I don't like, I feel like if I disappoint someone, I don't know that I have a similar reaction. I mean, I'm not like, I don't give a shit. Like, that's not my yeah. reaction at all. Like, I'm like, I'm, de- I'm always like, I'm sorry. Let me, like, let's talk about it. Where can I learn? Like, what did I do? You know, mm-hmm. but but I don't know that it's like as much of a like, <gasps> mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Yeah, well, and then it comes up with those things you already know about yourself, right? And you're like, oh, you know, like yeah. I said, like, here I go again. Here it is again. Jamie doing this thing, you know, and it just, it, it doesn't feel good. And so that's yeah. when the box comes out. Right, <laughs> right, right. Well, I wonder, t- I wonder too, because like, oh, I took a side turn real quick. So now, so you're like self-contemplating and I'm like self-contemplating. Because now I'm like, I wonder if it's like, because obviously I care if I disappoint someone, especially if it's someone I really care about, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So I'm like, maybe maybe there's a piece of it. Maybe there's just kind of that like avoidance thing or that like slightly unaware piece that makes it more like almost like a whiplash where like you didn't even realize you were doing it. Yeah. Whereas I feel like if I'm disappointing someone, I'm like, I am fucking failing right now. Mm -hmm. Like, fully aware of it. So when someone comes to me, I'm like, I know, I've been thinking about it this entire time. (laughs) Like, I'm really well aware, and I'm so sorry, and this is what happened, you know. Mm -hmm. Whereas if it seems like it comes out of – because the conversations we've had around it, you've been like, I didn't even realize. Like, it it didn't even – 
register no. you know completely so, unaware <laughs> yeah so then to all of a sudden have that like, i know i do that but right. i don't know i didn't know in when. this instance that that was happening right because i would have taken action to like repair that and do, you know right 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 but i had I, i'm always like completely unaware and then i can see it like right. once it's brought to my attention i'm like oh you know crap <laughs> right well i could see how that if all of a sudden it seems like you just got like smacked in the face with it of yeah. being like oh like and really mm-hmm. having that intense reaction because you haven't had like lead up time to yeah. it and I feel like a lot of that could probably I mean I feel like a lot of that you know it's probably just that auto response mm-hmm. of a three which is just like I just do I just do like mm-hmm. I just get things done mm-hmm. And everything else, like, and these are my blinders. And if you're outside the blinders, and all of a sudden someone peels the blinders off, and you're like, oh, hi. Oh, shit. No, I didn't even, yeah. Yeah. And then I also think that there is something, and I don't know if this is an Enneagram 3 thing or just a me thing, but, like, when it comes to friendships, it it probably does relate to the Enneagram 3. Because in my mind, like, I'll even go to, like, is it worth it to have friends yeah. like is it, it you know just because again of like the emotion of it and all of that like I'll almost pretend like I don't need connection like oh, I'm fine just working all day right. and you know I've had jobs where I worked like 14 hour days and you know dude I I'm it's it's funny that like I don't connection isn't my default and in fact sometimes like pulling away a little bit is probably yes. my default again to avoid like the disappointment and then if I'm if we're not close then I don't have to worry about any of that yeah. you know and so I think that for you though you're pulled towards connection always right where I mean I think we Depends. all I, I think yeah. we all to some extent we need yes. it we yes. need it yes but I'm I can convince myself I don't need it <laughs> yeah I'm pulled more to the safety of the connection okay whereas whereas the other heart types are just kind of pulled to like a heart-to-heart connection huh. and then so the the um mind types yeah. five six and seven their default uh, feeling is fear mm. so the connection for me can be about like okay we're safe Mm. okay the relationship is safe interesting okay i'm good like you're not gonna come at me yeah you know like we talk about like the reptilian brain right when like you know people turn against us and you're like a spear through the face yeah right like it's like okay jamie's not gonna spear me in the face (laughs) (laughs) probably we're good probably not if she did she would not be aware of it no (laughs) it would be completely oh shit i'm so sorry i speared you in the face Let me pull that out real quick. <laughs> Help you with it. <laughs> oh, it's and I'd be like, oh, I thought we were safe over here. <laughs> so, yes. So, yeah. But, yes, we all – connection is important to everyone. And normally, it can have a different uh, motivator behind it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I'm going to use that jump real quick to kind of get into the seven. Yes. Because we talked about that, too, and how, like, it was a little bit of, like – Okay, here's how here's how we can show up in something like this in the future, yeah. right? Um, and again, I'm conscious of making it like, oh, Jamie's problem, <laughs> because I don't want to be like, here's how you can be a better friend to me. <laughs> but, no, but I think these are the, in this instance, you want to know that, right? Yeah. In this in this you know particular instance, yes. it made sense. And so the seven is just so lit up by ideas and talking about ideas. And there's this one book. Um, that I've been reading called The Enneagram Advantage. And it's actually um, each Enneagram number at work. Yeah. And it's really, really cool. And yeah. so one of the things that I read, and it was like, how can you honor um, a seven at work? Or like, you know, how can you keep them motivated and feeling good? And it was like, um, 
always listen to their ideas. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, if you're the CEO and you have a seven working for you and they have all these ideas, it's like, listen to them. You don't have to take all of them on, but hear them all. Because to a seven, when you're like, I don't want to hear your idea, it's like, you speared me in the face. <laughs> That's the new podcast, by the way, is Liza speared in the face. Liza speared in the face. But it, it's really, it's totally hurtful because yeah. that's also typically a gift of a seven yeah. is just like, you know, coming up with ideas and iterations. And um, so, so for me, it was like, and you kind of talked about it at the beginning where it was like, okay, so it's not worthy of a conversation unless yeah. it has like a really solid plan behind it. Like. I can see from the three, like if you're operating really unconsciously inside the three, that that would be a thing, right? Yeah. Like sevens bug me because they don't have plans. Well, and right? I even, even when you're talking about like a CEO should listen to the ideas, yeah. I'm like, don't go to a CEO. In my mind, I'm like, a CEO only has so much time. They got an efficiency. Like you come to them with a fully flushed out, like in my mind. But if a CEO has got a whole team and like you're Maybe. part of the idea generation team. Sure, sure. That'd yeah. be my, that'd be great. Yeah. I'd be like, I'll just bring you my ideas all fucking day. It'll be great. <laughs> And then I'll pass them on to someone else who will figure (laughs) out the tasks to get it done. Uh, And then I will have changed my mind about what we're doing later that day. (laughs) Um, But yeah, but it was just, it was just like, just, it was like, get excited. Like, just get excited with me. Like, just dream with me for a minute. Mm -hmm. You know, like just, oh, it could be this and it could, you know, it could be this or, oh, I hear how excited you are. Like, that's really exciting. Um, It's, it's the difference between like, and this is how, because I'm trying, what's funny is. Um, I did the meditation. Liza had done a meditation. It's fabulous about the word of the year. And the word that came up for me was dream. And I was like, why is this coming up for me? I don't really understand. Like I, I could not figure out why I shared this on a a previous episode. Oh, good. Yay. It's so good. (laughs) And it was totally unexpected. Like I thought it was going to be stuff like completely different and just coming up with dream. And I was like, what does that even mean in this context? And the more that I thought about it, I realized that I tend to be the how person, right? Yeah. Not the not necessarily the dreamer. Now, I have to do a little bit of that, especially in the starting of my business, but I probably defaulted back to the how. And so my brain, anytime there's like an idea from anybody, I'm like, okay, how does that work? How's that going to happen? I delve into like the details because I want to see like, is that something that's actually possible? Is it is it a viable business model? Is it like my brain right. does that even when I'm having my own ideas? And it's a little bit of like the CEO versus CFO. And I default to the CFO, which is right. the, the how person, like right. the money, the how, the like practical, show me the numbers. And you default to the CEO, who's the idea, the visionary, yes. like all of those things. Yes. And in our own businesses, we tend to have to be both of those things, yes. right? And it's But we default to one or the other. Mm-hmm. And so we have to not only do I, I need to come up with the ideas. That's the, the dream is hard for me. It's easy for you. And that's what's also beautiful about this friendship is you can help me open up my ability to dream. And then also when when the time is right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can not only listen to the ideas, but then I can help and figure out like the implementation and the how yes. and the like the little, the nitty gritty, like how do we actually make money with it? right like how do we actually yes. like make this happen yes and make sure we're consistent with it and do all of those things yeah. like um we'll have that conversation yeah soon. yeah because <laughs> i'm not sure how i'm gonna make money off of it yet <laughs> but i but i know i'm supposed but I, to do it but i also realize because i'm leaning in a little bit to your viewpoint which is like sometimes you can do something without that full plan in place yeah. and let it take 
like there's a beauty in the creation of something yeah. that isn't always about the viability of the business model. Now that needs to come at, right. at a point in time, right. but it is okay. Like you have opened my eyes to the fact that it's okay to do something because you feel passionately about it and because you love it. Even if you are like, I don't have any idea like how I'm going to make yeah. any money off this, right? Yeah. How this is going to, and maybe it won't ever. Maybe it's just something that I love and I yeah. do because it impacts people. And that's been something that has really, again, like because of my view of time and I'm always in like this time famine, like efficiency, time famine, I got to get things done, right? It's because all of my time is dedicated to checking things off of the list of things that I have to get done. And those things have to lead to, they have to be a means to an end for me, right? right? Which is like, where is this going? What's the purpose of it? Is this viable? Let me forecast out the cash flows, right? But going and looking at it from a different perspective, which is like, I don't, I'm a human being. I'm not a robot. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Right? Like, yeah. I don't have, every waking hour of my day doesn't have to be focused on what I'm getting done, whether in work or in life. Like, I can rest and not feel guilty about it. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Yeah. Right? Like, I can have something that's just fun and isn't about, yes. you know, like money and cash flow and retirement, right? Yes. <laughs> like, yeah. It is okay. Especially because that garden yes. <laughs> is growing so well. It's growing and you. it can grow on its own. And yes, in honesty, I do think that like there's probably some metaphor in here. I'll let you work on it. But oh, yeah. there's probably some metaphor where the gardens affect each other, right? So like if you start growing this garden over here, there's probably like the roots are helping. I was just going to say it's like a root system, right? just like the forest. Yeah, yeah, it just helps to like bring everything up with it. I saw this really cool thing on Instagram that um, uh, the tea huntress shared. Yeah. She's going to be a guest on here soon. And it's literally like how the trees talk to each other. Mm-hmm. I don't oh, remember yeah. all the details. The roots. Did you see that? It's yeah. a whole system. I've well, seen it not before. Only, yes, they warn each other of danger mm-hmm. in their roots. And then they'll take like like a tree that's been like cut down. Yeah. And they'll keep the stump alive. Yeah. Like with it. So yes. And so, yeah. So part of like what I, you know, when I think about it, and this is maybe my, my way to have to rationalize it as an Enneagram 3, is that if I can have a healthy garden in these other aspects of my life, I'm still laughing. Um, (laughs) If I have a healthy garden over here, then it is also, it's not going to take away. Like having a healthy garden over here doesn't destroy my like business finance garden. And in fact, could help it flourish even more. And that's been like that mindset change where I'm like, it's not either or. I want just like a, a, I want all. Like I want all, not this or that, not picking and choosing. It's not always about prioritization. There is a way you know, to have all of those things flourishing, yeah. even if, even if like, tend to them. yeah, yeah, we got to tend to them. And even if sometimes like one maybe takes precedence, one needs a little bit more care than right. the other. Okay, fine. Right. It's not always going to feel like total balance, but we can't ignore and just say, well, <laughs> right. I'm just going to put these over here and not worry about them. There's a connection there. Yeah. You know? Yes. And even, um, one thing I was going to say, um, is just, to kind of wrap up the like seven, three mm-hmm. conversation yeah. is like in, in all of our back and forth Marco Polos, I was like, you know, actually what could also feel really good is like, can you help? Just kind of like what you were saying, yeah. like, Hey, instead of, you know, instead of that, like auto default three thing of like, there's no plan. Talk yeah. to me when there's a plan. Yep. Um, like I see how excited you are about this. Do you want, do you want some help? Like, yeah. here's where I could offer some help, you know? Because I would, like, literally, as we're sitting on this podcast, I'm like, yes, Jamie, <laughs> I would love to yes. talk money about it at some point. That would yeah. be fantastic. And then I have a friend of mine who's um, 
probably a two wing three, but maybe a three wing two. Um, and she's been helping me because I'm like, I really want to, I really want to make sure this is done. Like I, mm-hmm. like I want it to be consistent. I want to do this. And so we've just been going back and forth in Marco Polo and she's like, okay, do this, write down your tasks, write down how long you think they're going to take, start timing them, yep. then get back to me and like, <laughs> I'll do it. And I'm like, okay. And then I've explained to her like my weird ass schedule that I have right now. And I'm like, and sometimes I can do this. And sometimes my mom picks the girl as, girls up and I have more time. And sometimes I don't have enough time. And, yeah. I, and she was like, all right, we're going to have these swing times and we're going to do it. And she's like, how do you feel about that? And I was like, oh, this is so helpful. And it's just like, <laughs> it's just, my brain just doesn't go there. Yeah. So like tapping into like the kind of the strengths of like the threes and the eights and being like. I want to bring that in and, and grow that like consistency garden, Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know, like, and, and to have, you know, to hire, hire a a garden tender, (laughs) a landscaper, landscaper. (laughs) some some manscaping (laughs) to be like, hi, this is my landscaper. (laughs) And they, you know, show up with some bushes and some (laughs) some trees (laughs) and they're ready to, plant and for you. Oh my Damn it, goodness. Jamie. Sorry, I ruined it. I knew I would. I've ruined it. But the metaphor oh. works everywhere. I need to lose that idea of I know. It does. I but can't it even does. say it again. I don't it even want really to say does. it again because I don't want to like it really does. And and yes, I yeah, I totally agree on all the things. Yeah. <laughs> and I think too, like part of what I have, because th- there's a three in connection to six too, right? Yeah, three, three three connects to six and nine. And so that's where sometimes I get into like disaster planning. So I'm really good oh, at that yes. too. I'm like, mm-hmm. oh, let's talk about all the things that could go wrong. Mm-hmm. And I think sevens tend to be extremely optimistic. So this is always the role. It depends because yeah. I have a strong six wing. Okay, yeah. Uh, yeah, so, so it probably depends on yeah. which one you are. Yeah, yeah. But I know like my husband, for example, he's so optimistic about all the things and I tend to always have to play the role, not yeah. have to, but do end up playing the role yeah. of like Debbie Downer. Yeah. You know, where I'm like, okay, let's get practical, you yeah. know. And, Although I am optimistic oh, so in my business. I yes. would say, I say my six wings more like I'm going to like die in a fiery airplane crash <laughs> or spear in the face. And then, but, but then fully the seven optimism is like, so I'm going to be a millionaire from this podcast in like three weeks. <laughs> like, and it's like, what's the plan? Ah, people are going to find it, love it. Great. Someone's gonna offer me a lot of money for it, like that's, like, <laughs> and then yes. So it's actually been in the work with the Enneagram that I've been like, oh, yeah. I need a lot of reality checks. Mm-hmm. Well, because it doesn't mean that Murmur. sevens don't have fears, right? Like you right. still have fears; they just come out in different ways, right? You know, they show up differently, and you maybe try to like ignore them, <laughs> right? Right? Yeah. Whereas I'm like, okay, let's think about what they all could be, and then let's make the plan so that if that thing right. happens, we have a plan for right. it. Right. <laughs> I can do that in some areas, yeah. but it really, it really is like business ideas. Mm-hmm. It's the ideas. It's like all the big business ideas where I'm like, yeah, and then everyone in the world loves it. Mm-hmm. Like that's how it all. That's, that's how they all end. <laughs> the end. The Close the book. End. The end. Happily ever after. Yes. And I feel like on that note. Yeah. I mean, I feel good. Yeah. Do you I feel think like, this is I mean, great. I feel like I had ton. some therapy in here. You did. Like I've there have been some revelations. You got teary eyed. Not gonna lie, I'm gonna try to get every guest to cry on this. Yeah, it's not hard with me. <laughs> not real. Like especially in our conversations. But what I love about this too is. These are like the conversations that we have in general. Yeah. And so I think it's really cool to, yes. I, I love, so here, I'll tell you all the positive things I think about your podcast, because I'm glad Aww. you're doing this, because I'm really excited for you. Thank you. In large part, because 
other people now get to witness like what I have had a little bit of me feels I'm like come on I, I liked keeping that to myself but Aww. now the secret is out like Aww. you have so much wisdom to share you've shared so much wisdom with me like I am a different person now than I was when I met you I mean just I can't, I'm tearing up again because I feel so strongly about this relationship and I tried to run away I don't know how many times or tried to like put up my arm and stiff arm you. I don't know how many times. And I'm so glad. So like just wrapping this up, talking about friendship, like lean in, right? Like lean in, find somebody. And I know that's hard. Like it was, I don't, I can't even, there was a weird divine intervention thing that happened that brought you and I together. But yeah, use also, this podcast for a while if you don't have someone. Yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I mean, it just, it it has done a lot in my life to know you. And so I'm glad that other people get to hear your wisdom and go on this journey with you and be a part of it. And it's going to change them too. So thanks for having me. Thank you. <laughs> I feel like too, and I know we need to wrap up, I feel like I want to I wanna end with how our conversation ended that day. Oh, well, and this surprised <laughs> me. Like all of a sudden... Um, I think you sent a message saying, I think we need to hug it out. And I listened to it like a couple minutes late uh-huh. and literally the doorbell rang and Liza because was- we live close. Because we live <laughs> close by. And Liza was at my door to hug me. And I like, yeah, it was exactly what we needed though, yeah. right? Like yeah. it was exactly the it right thing. It felt too weird to just like stop like, Marco okay, Poloing. Cool, yeah, you know, yeah. But and I had house? like not showered. I was like a hot mess and <laughs> yeah. I just like drove over your house. But it was perfect. And I'm like, yeah. this doesn't happen. Like you don't talk about hard things you know, you don't bring up things that you have been upset about or that you've harbored. You don't have those, like, I, it's, it was so unique of an experience for me. And I mean, I didn't get very much done that day, right. but it was okay. <laughs> we did, but we did. But we did. But we, but we did. did. Yeah. The more important things got <laughs> yes. done. Yes, exactly. And everything else was fine. So. <laughs> uh, Jamie, thank you. You're my first guest, so I don't have any like closing questions. <laughs> I have a thought about making closing questions like, what's your favorite make book? Up, but make I don't even right want now. to do that right now. Yeah. I don't know. Do you have any? I don't either. No. That was good. <laughs> You're All awesome. Right. That was a good podcast. <laughs> Thank you, friend. Of course. Bye. Bye. <laughs> Why are podcasts so awkward to end? <laughs> Maybe it's just me. There is something I want to add to this episode, and it's really important to me to add this. Jamie and I forgot to talk about it. So at the end of our uh, Marco Polo conversation, our back and forth Marco Polo conversation, uh, and before I drove to her house, she was leaving me a message and she started to tear up and she commented on it and she just said, I don't, I don't even know why I'm crying. And I, I just explained like you're crying because you're loosening this grip around something like our ego or just the ways we've been taught to do things or the ways we want to stay in control, they really try to grip, right? Anything that tries to keep us from vulnerability, anything that tries to keep us from just opening our hearts and letting our guard down, it really has this grip on us. And when we do something that loosens it and starts to let it go, it's a totally natural and beautiful experience to just cry. Because your body is like, oh my God, I've been holding this this tightly for so long. And oh my gosh, look at the beauty that comes in when I relax. It's like that, um, 
it's like that thing we always talk about, you know, when when we talk about how much sand can you hold in your hand and if you pick up sand and you grip your your hand really tightly, all the sand's just going to fall out the sides. But if you kind of open your hand gently, you know, as best you can, you cup your hand and you put sand in it, you're going to be able to hold more sand, but it requires you opening your hand and making that grip a lot looser and a lot more open. And it's more vulnerable that way, but it's really beautiful that way. And so when Jamie started to cry, it was it was because she was finally letting go. You know, you heard this intense reaction she had to possibly having a hard conversation with a friend. She was like, I just want to show up at your door with cookies and not talk about it. And when it's been that way for so long, so many decades, and you finally start to pry it open and you feel safe doing that and something really beautiful comes out of it, crying is totally normal. And it's a magnificently wonderful sign that you're starting to heal. So please never be afraid of tears, especially if you are making positive changes and doing things that make you feel vulnerable. Thank you so much for listening to this episode. Thank you so much for being a listener of the Create Beautifully podcast. If you are enjoying this episode, please, please, please leave a review. I know that you get asked this all the time from all kinds of places, and it doesn't take as long as you think it does, and it would mean the absolute world to me if you could do that. If you have any thoughts about this episode, friendships, anything, feel free to shoot me a DM on Instagram at Liza Hippler, and as always, create beautifully.